What's up, everybody, and welcome to episode number 16 of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast. I'm Dan Ball. And I'm Matt McAuliffe. And Matt McAuliffe, uh, this was announced, I don't know if we talked about this in our last episode, but we have quite the campaign on our hands here in the world of Quinnipiac Athletics. Yeah, this is an all-hands-on-deck it is the Chase the Hobie campaign. So uh, it was announced a, a week or a week or so ago. The eighty plus uh, members of college hockey were announced as the contenders for the 2019 Hobie Baker Award, which is essentially the MVP of college hockey. They have the the Mike Richter Award for the best goalie, but uh, the Hobie Baker Award is the best player in college hockey. So um, senior captain Chase Prisky was the nominee from the Bobcats. He is one of the 80-plus, and I just voted today. You can vote every single day. We checked. The, I voted today. Did you? Good. Uh, we checked the results today, and Chase is still sitting in a pretty secure second place right now out of the 80-plus players in college hockey. So he continues to lead or be near the lead in the nation for goals, power play goals, power play points, game-winning goals. And this is all as a defenseman. I mean, Which is the wild part. It's it's amazing, and I mean, you and I have both gotten a chance to to watch him play, and you can really tell every time that Chase Prisky steps on the ice that he is out there and controlling play for the Bobcats. He's a captain for a reason, and and he he's not just a leader on the ice when you watch him, but as well off the ice. He he mentioned it in the podcast too. He's always making sure guys are putting in the extra work and and pushing his team to the limits. And to be honest, it has paid off dramatically this year. So the social media, the hashtag that you can use is hashtag chase the Hobie. That's C-H-A-S-E. That's right. Uh, so you can make sure uh, that you're supporting and make sure you tag uh, the Quinnipiac men's hockey program on Twitter or Instagram, whatever you do happen to spread that. And make sure you go on line to hobiebaker.com that is how you vote there's a little banner on top that you can click to vote you scroll through the 80 plus chase is easy to find because he's, he's in his bright yellow bobcats home jersey you scroll for a little bit though yeah he's because it's alphabetical and you know the i think the first guy is like evan barrett from penn state or something right yeah. at the top of the alphabet but yeah. you scroll a little bit you go past uh kel mccarr from umass and a bunch of great players from e- from the ecac get to chase click him go down to the bo- bottom hit vote they make you verify on facebook uh so that you only vote once a day, but you can vote once a day. So make sure that you kind of set an alarm on your phone or a reminder or whatever, you know, hey, hey Siri, Siri, remind uh, me. Yeah. Yeah. Remind me to vote for Chase Prisky every day for the next week. Yeah, it's it. I think so. The campaign, I'll actually go on it now just so we can give the real information. Uh, because this fan vote were, goes on for a while. You were telling me the fan vote goes on for a while, then they narrow it down to 10, then the writers narrow it down to three. Right. And then they choose basically... At the Frozen Four, or yeah, it's right around that same okay. weekend. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, they'll choose in Buffalo, so there's there's 80 days, almost exactly until I think that's until they announce the award. Um, uh, yeah, 80 days, 34 minutes, and 55 seconds. We're recording this on Tuesday, the 22nd. But who's so counting? <laughs> yeah, not yeah, not that we're counting every single second or anything like that. But uh, anyways, we'll tell you a little bit more about the history of the Bobcats and the Hobie Baker. It's short, but there are some players that have been involved in that and everything else. When we tell you about the week that was in Quinnipiac Athletics. 
The women's track team, they participated in the Sorlian Invitational this past Saturday. Emily Wolf continued her strong senior campaign on the track by leading the Bobcats in the one-mile event for a first-place finish. Quinnipiac placed three runners in the top five in the one-mile event, with sophomore Amanda Carlson and junior Caitlin Bacchus in fourth and fifth place, respectively. The Bobcats head to Boston University to run in the Terrier Invite this coming Friday, January 25th. Boston University's track is really nice oh, too if it's anything like their uh like their hockey rink that i got to visit this weekend it's that should be something special the women's tennis team unfortunately lost to the university of virginia six to one saturday on the road courtney nash won in singles play for the bobcats defeating erica susie two to six six to four and one nothing nash is now eight and two in singles play in 2018-2019 tying for the team lead. Wow, so good season so far for her. Courtney Nash, uh, the women's tennis team is off this week, so uh, no upcoming matches for them. The men's tennis team was also in action this weekend. They unfortunately lost to Binghamton University 5-1 to Saturday at home. Uh, Alexa Martinovich earned the program's lone singles win, while Freddie Zaretsky and Austin Yanone picked up a doubles win. Martinovich has nine singles wins in 2018-19, earning the Bobcats' first singles win of the spring season. The Bobcats are back in action this coming Saturday, January 26th, when they travel to Yale to battle the Bulldogs at 1 p.m. Now for the men's ice hockey team. They won at Boston University 4-3 Saturday night on the road. Brandon Fortunato, a former Boston Terrier, had two goals and an assist, including the game winner with, yes, 2.5 seconds left on the clock. Andrew Shortridge, as we've mentioned earlier on this podcast and a few episodes before, he's really good at goaltending, and he made 31 saves on 34 shots and picked up his ninth win of the season. For his efforts, Fortunato was named the ECAC Player of the Week. Fortunato's Player of the Week honors are the first of his career. He is the third player from the Bobcats to win the honor this season. And overall, eight different players from Quinnipiac have won the weekly awards from the conference. The Bobcats check in at number six in the country in the USCHO polls and the USA Today polls. And pairwise rankings this week. So all three of those polls, they were number six. And also, again, we're going to ask you to promote hashtag Chase the Hobie. That is C-H-A-S-E. On HobieBaker.com, you can vote for Chase for the fan vote and uh, try and get him past the UMass Kale Maker. McCarr. Kale McCarr. Yeah. Try and get him past Kale McCarr. Not important. All we need is Chase Prisky. That's it. That's it. We just need Prisky's vote. We need you to vote, vote, vote every day for Chase. And uh, he is having a stellar season. He's on the cusp of one of the best seasons in program history. He is tied in the nation with eight power play goals. He has 16 power play points, five game winning goals, fourth in the nation with 13 goals and six with 27 points. He, he is in the top six of all of those categories. Amazing, especially as a defenseman. As a defenseman, those are eye-popping numbers. And only two Quinnipiac men's ice hockey players have reached the top 10 and one has reached the Hobie Baker hat trick. What player is that, Dan? That would be Eric Hartzell. And Reed Cashman became the first player in program history to have a top 10 finalist award in 2005. Following Cashman, there was a former goaltender. That's the guy you mentioned, Eric Hartzell, Dan, in 2013. He was also a top 10 finalist before he reached the final three, but didn't win. And you talk to people around Hamden, they say he may have been robbed of that award. Really? All right. And the next game for men's ice hockey is the day we are recording this podcast, but the day after this podcast drops, they play Holy Cross 
tonight, Tuesday at 7 p.m. Check the score on QuinnipiacBobcats.com. Of course, on the women's side, uh, they won at Sacred Heart 2-1 to one on Friday night. Uh, Laura Lundblad and Melissa Samuskevich both scored for the Bobcats. Samo's goal was her 100th point in her career. She has an even 50 goals and 50 assists. So Could not you only say that again for the people in the back? Dan? That is 50 goals and 50 assists. So not only can she put the puck in the net, she's also a playmaker. She, I mean, nothing shows how even of an offensive player is Melissa Samuskevich uh, that she is than 50 goals and 50 assists. So congratulations to her. The Bobcats conclude their near two-month-long road trip this weekend as they head to Minnesota for a weekend series with the Bulldogs of Minnesota Duluth. So non-conference games for the Bobcats finishing up this weekend, and then they head back home the weekend after that and start some more home cooking in the ECAC. We move from the cold to the court. Men's basketball now. They lost to Canisius Thursday at home, 65-63. to Tight matchup. Cam Young led the way with 20 points while Rich Kelly had 17. There were 16 lead changes in this contest, and the game was tied 12 times. It was back and forth. They also lost to Niagara at home Saturday, 75-72. to Cam Young once again led the way with points. He had 24 that game, and Kelly put up 20 to go along with 8 dishes, 8 apples, 8 assists in that game. Senior Abdullah Bundu became just the fourth player in Division I program history to record 600 points and 600 rebounds. That's tallying 10 points and 8 rebounds from that game. Bundu now has 634 career points and 600 career rebounds. Now this team is back in action. They head to Marist Friday at 7 p.m. before returning home to play St. Peter's on Sunday at 2 p.m. So the Bobcats, uh, the men's basketball team, again, they are right in every single game. We've talked about this in weeks past, how they are just, they're uh, a couple shots from falling away from being, you know, uh, probably first in the MAC right now, but even even so, they're still right around the top. They are. They are 3-3 three and three in conference play, and only six games in. Yes, it's early. And there's time to still find a groove and chemistry for a team. So I think that's where that team is at right now. And this is the this is kind of a similar thing that we saw last year in Baker Dunleavy's first year at the helm. You know, they were kind of treading water through the first half of the season, but then really picked it up toward the end, went on. I forget the number that it was when we we interviewed him and Dooley earlier in the year, but it was like a like four and two in their final six regular season games or yeah. something like that. It was a it was a good number to really kind of help them climb at the end of the season. So from the men's to the women's side. The women's basketball team moved to 6-0 and in conference play this season over the weekend. They won at Niagara 96-55. to That was Friday morning on the road. Six players for the Bobcats were in double digits, uh, while with Paula Stratmanet and Adele Thornton leading the way with 17 and 15 points, respectively. Stratmanet's 17 points were a season high, while Thornton's 15 were one point shy of her career high. Matt, I'm just going to tell you, um, hang on to those names for a sec. Yeah, no, for sure. Let me put that in my back pocket. Hold on. The victory set the Bob or set the all-time Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference record for consecutive MAC wins as the Bobcats have now won 36 straight games in conference play. That's including postseason. So congratulations for the Bobcats for shattering Marist's old record. Uh, the Bobcats scored 53 points in the first half, marking the first time this season that the team has re- reached 50 points in a half. Uh, they followed up that win with another win uh, against Canisius. 
finished the score was 55 to 42 on the road Saturday afternoon. Taylor Hurd led the way with 21 points off the bench, a career high for her, while Jen Faye chipped in 15 points and five boards of her own. Quinnipiac's defense forced 31 turnovers in the game, as well as 17 steals. The Bobcats now have the fifth best turnover margin in the nation at 7.71, trailing Lamar University, UC Irvine, Kentucky, and Auburn. So uh, to shed a little really? bit of light on this episode, big names. this is a women's basketball episode, and as soon as we finish the rundown, we'll tell you why. This is a huge stat for Coach Trish Fabry and her staff. The turnover margin, it's the difference between turnovers forced on defense and turnovers committed on offense. So the Bobcats are averaging 7.71 more turnovers per game forced than committed. So again, this team preaches defense first. You see a lot of low scores from their opponents, especially in the Mac, and that's because, you know, no matter where you look, especially in the Northeast, but across women's basketball, this is one of the hardest working teams on the back end that you're going to find. Oh, for sure. And, and and this also comes down to discipline, too. Turnover margin is having good fundamentals, patient defense, and also very sound offense. And if you can have that on both sides of the ball, you're going to be a dangerous team, and we've seen it already. So the Bobcats women's basketball team return home for a brief time. They're hosting Siena College on Friday at 11 a.m. before returning to the road to face Iona College on Sunday afternoon at 1 p.m. And we put the women's basketball team last in our rundown because that is who we are focusing on today. We have three members of the Bobcats women's basketball team, seniors Adele Thornton and Paula Strotmanet and sophomore Kiara Bacchini. These are the three international members of the Quinnipiac women's basketball team. So this uh, interview is pre-recorded. We've done it at the time that we're doing this rundown. So Matt, uh, we can give them a little preview of this. We started off talking about how all three of these players found Quinnipiac, how they ended up in Hamden, Connecticut out of all places across the world. And all three had some really interesting stories about that. And it is a common question I get asked. How do they get these international players? How do they recruit them? Do they send a coach overseas? But they are, they do explain that in the interview and, um, they explain what their first day was like on this campus and it's really they gave some really good answers and we were saying it's one of our most conversational ones it, it was because so what we did was you know be having five people in a room because Matt and I tag team this and in our our strategy when we're together and especially when we're interviewing the athletes is we want to get as personal as we can we want to make it sound like if you know you the listener was in the room you just be the sixth person at the table right. listen listening yeah. to us shoot the breeze so that's exactly what we tried to do and you know we got some great stories uh, from all of them overseas coming from Ireland Latvia and Italy respectively uh, some great stories about how they grew up playing basketball. We also asked them about uh, head, co- you know, Coach Fabry, and how she's built a culture yeah. of winning here in Hampton, and what it's like to play for somebody as passionate about their sport as her. And you know, we heard from her earlier in the semester about how she tries to build a team. But it just it gives another perspective when you hear it from the players themselves, especially somebody who had to choose leaving their home country hours and hours and hours away. And, you know, hundreds of miles to come to Hamden, Connecticut. And it's just, it's really incredible hearing from the players' perspective why they chose here and what makes Quinnipiac so special. For sure. For sure. And and it's and it's so cool. And I think it's what makes Quinnipiac so cool is to have these types of international players. Not every team can say, yeah, we have a Latvian forward. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So that's what makes us unique. And yeah. I, I, I found it 
I, I love it. It's cool. Yeah. So uh, without any further ado, it's kind of a lengthy one because we went all over the map, no pun intended, with uh, some of the that topics. That was so that, intended. That was so <laughs> It intense. actually was not, I swear. <laughs> uh, but we went all, all over the map with some of the topics that we talked about. And uh, so let's get right to it. Here is Matt and I sitting down with Adele, Paula, and Kiara. <laughs> And we're back here on episode number 16 of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast. And uh, Matt McAuliffe, we have a loaded studio right now. Yeah, we have um, three all-international women's basketball players. So we're excited. So we have, uh, we can go from, I guess, our right to left. So Adele Thornton, uh, senior guard from, uh, what, oh, wait, uh, Garanabrar. Yep. Cork, basically. That's what I was told to say, but I wanted to try anyways. From Ireland, uh, we'll, we'll stick with that. Uh, Chiara Bacchini, sophomore guard from Parma, Italy. And uh, Paula Stratmane, a senior forward from Riga, Latvia. Ladies, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for taking the time right after practice and lift. I know it's it's a, it's a grueling schedule. So, uh, actually, Paula, before we start, have, had you ever met Carlos Chuksta before you uh, before you came to Quinnipiac? Not in real life, no. Not but, in real life, no. But his dad is my co- was my coach my whole life, so I knew my dad. <laughs> oh my god! I knew my coach had a son who played hockey, but I never actually met him. Uh, before he came here. Really? <laughs> that is yeah. wild. So wait, so when the, uh, this isn't even scripted, but now I kind of want to ask. So so when did he, when did he first become your coach and how long did you guys know each other? So um, my coach, Crazy Carl's dad, coached me since like elementary school. And you've never met Carlos. <laughs> no, because <laughs> oh he's God. like athlete too. So yeah, I true. Mean, he was probably traveling and, and yeah, playing hockey that, that, at I that just same always time. heard my coach talking about how he plays hockey and uh, he's so cool and all stuff, but I never, <laughs> never met him. Telling wow. you how cool he is? Oh, yeah. yeah. That's, he was that's, really proud. He's really proud because obviously yeah. the national teams and all st- uh, that kind of stuff. So. Right, yeah. That's Wow, that's amazing. Also, the fact that Carlos's dad is a basketball coach and he yeah, ended he, up being yeah, a, 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 a Latvian national yeah. team oh, player. Yeah. Uh, but either way, so we, we kind of want to start by getting uh, everybody's story of how they ended up at Quinnipiac because, I mean, you know, you know, a lot of people, you know, Coach Fabry can just drive down the highway or something and, and see a game or something like that. So, Adele, because you're, you're the one that's closest to Matt and I, what is, what is the story? How did you, you originally start to hear about Quinnipiac and, and when did you decide that that was the place you wanted to go? Um, so I started to look into colleges like when I was in my sophomore to junior year of high school at home. And then I actually spoke to a coach at St. Joe's from Philadelphia. It was Susan Moran, but she's also Irish. So she got talking to me and she gave me a list of schools and was like, this one I really like and it's a really good suit for you. So I got in contact with Mountain McGillivray, who's now at LaSalle, and he got talking to me and I came out for the... Um, the camp in the summer and as soon as I got here me and my dad had visited four other schools at the same time and I got here and we thought like I had my mind made up where I was going and it wasn't here because I hadn't got here yet yeah. and then as soon as I got on campus and I met coach and I met all the other players like it just it's so hard to explain but everyone on our team knows that feeling that you get and you know that this is where you want to be and then from there they came up to my Europeans and I hadn't committed yet and then after I had multiple conversations on the phone with Mountain. I just felt comfortable when I saw his like no, number come up on my phone. Like I was excited to talk to him, and I didn't have that with like other coaches. I would get nervous, so I was like, "This is definitely the place I want to be." So I committed when I was at home. So you knew you wanted to play college basketball from the jump, from sophomore year of high school. All right. Yeah, I mean, my I had some coaches at home that coached like senior national teams, and they made a statement to my dad that I needed to leave. Like, <laughs> like I needed to get out and get better 
by coming across the water and playing here. Okay. Wow. So what was it? I mean, and I'll ask both of you guys about this too, but you know, when you stepped in here for the camp during that summer, what was it about, you know, Coach Fabry and the program that, that jumped out to you that was so different and so unique? I think the energy, like, I like basketball at home for me is like a really family oriented like everybody knows everyone so as soon as I got here they made me feel like that like there was a like some seniors like there was a big class the year before we got in here and right. they were just so welcoming and it was just so nice to see that they knew they'd never play with me but they treated me the same as if it was a regular recruit you know what I mean like they just it was just so fun like I loved being around everyone and Obviously, I had an accent, so they all wanted to talk to me. So it was fun. Like it was, it was just, and everybody just yeah. made you feel welcome. Coach was awesome. Like it just, I had a smile on my face from the start of the camp to the end of the camp, no matter how hard you were working. Like it was fun. Have you heard? Uh, is your accent still as strong as it was when you came in as a freshman? Probably not. No, yeah. no, it's not. No, even now I have like I don't speak like this at home. Okay. Yeah, it's oh. just, it's super thick. Like I don't say, I don't pronounce th. At home, like it's three and it's Thursday. Like oh, it's, okay. yeah. <laughs> but here it's three and Thursday, so I know yeah. the difference. Yeah, thirty is thirty. Thirty. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. So you you really want to aim for thirty points in a game? I would say. Yeah, sorry, <laughs> I can't. Help. Okay, I'm done. I'm done. I promise, I'm done. Okay, Kiara, same question for you, because uh, you're you're two years younger than than both of these ladies. But how did you yeah. find Quinnipiac, and what did it become reality for you? So I was at the European Championship under eighteen, and after that. Uh, I had an offer from Quinnipiac and I, honestly I never I didn't want to go to college in the USA I like I honestly didn't even know that that was an option like I knew some people were going to but I never like I never took it as like an option so wh- why not why why originally because were I, you like not I don't want to uh, do this because I uh, like it's it's not so like America is not so like big of a deal in Italy Okay. Because like mm, after you graduate from high school, you play professional. And so I was looking into two teams, two good teams in Italy called me to play professional, so I okay. was looking at them. Yeah. But then I had this offer from Quinnipiac and other two from other university at after this European Championship and I came here for my official visit in February and I said, yeah, yeah let's go. <laughs> like it's <laughs> really? no, Yeah. It was so different from Italy. So even money getting waved in your face, you you still yeah, wanted to? Yeah, I said no. I don't. I don't want to play professional. Like it's too early. Like I, probably I thought I want to play professional after college when I'm think I'm ready to play professional. Like I don't want to rush. Yeah, of course. And and in fact, it was a great choice. <laughs> so so did you have that same moment that Adele talked about, where you walked on this campus, you walked into the gym, and you were like, nope, this is this is where yeah, I want to spend the next yeah, four years. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I came with my dad. Was I was so nervous because first time speaking English. Like I I speak English in my high school, but first right. time like in not really like daily speaking English. It was crazy. Right. <laughs> and I was so nervous, and they make me feel like like family. In right. Here, yeah. So it was amazing. So I, I want to ask this question. I wish I asked Adele too. So we can probably all all three of you could answer it too. What was the difference between the Italian game and coming over to the United States? Uh, like was it, I dim- like the biggest difference for me is that here you play f- for passion for fun. In Italy, you play f- you f- always for passion, but it's like you are a soldier and you have to be so serious, like about everything. You cannot laugh. You cannot do. 
it's so different. Like, I don't know how to explain this, but I came here, I'm having so much fun, and it's... So like, here it's, it's like sports and recreation, yeah. but over there it's like... Mm-hmm. And in Ireland, too? Um, for me, it's more, like, hobby-based, but I think, like Baco said, like, people are more passionate about it here, and I don't know if it's just the fact that, like... I don't know, we practice every single day together with the same people, whereas at home it's like you practice two or three times a week and then people go do their day job or they go to school and you're not in the same environment. Like, we all don't do the same thing every day, whereas here we all do. The, we all go through yeah. the same thing. And, like, coming here, I realized that, like, when I was home, I thought basket, basketball what, it was what I was. Coming here is now basketball is what I do, not what I am. Okay. So it's really different. Oh. Wow, that's that's an that's it's an a, interesting difference. I mean, so, it, so yeah. here basketball is what you are. No, no. what I do. It, okay, it is okay, a okay. here in the United States. It is a it is a part of who Kiara yeah. Bikini is as a human being. Yeah. But, yeah. but over Italy, over in Italy, yeah. you are. Because for yeah. example, your if name, I is might, your name might as well be basketball. basketball. Yeah, yeah. yeah. because <laughs> if I would have decided to play professional, yeah, I probably could not go to a university because right. It's not or basketball or not or nothing. Like okay. or, mm-hmm. wow. or basketball or your study. And here you have both. And so it's a great opportunity. So what's a in, in Italy, what's a like a post basketball career? What what would that look like? Hey, it's, uh, it's a good question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or you're really, really good at basketball that you earn much money. Right, yes, <laughs> or, yeah. Then you can just Or you like during basketball you can do like university online. And you get a degree. Okay. But it's way tougher. And wow. That is wild. Yeah. But so you also play a lot longer at home. Like yeah. people in their 30s are still playing. Yeah. So like right. here it's really finite. I think maybe that's why people value it so much because you kind of, for most people, those four years are what you have in your career. The highest moment is college. Right. And only a couple people go after. So mm. that's why maybe they value it so much at home. Yeah. Kind of like you play more. Yeah. Is it more competitive in Italy than uh, here? Yeah, because it's like professional. It's like one of one of the best, not the best league, but in uh, in Europe. Yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's pretty good. So, uh, so. B- Paula, before before we get to your story for for both you and Adele, did you notice when when Kiara came in how incredibly serious she was about the sport of basketball? Was there did, did she jump off off the page to you, or was, was it just a just a normal no, another one of your teammates? I mean, she was good. Yeah, as soon as she got <laughs> yeah. here, she was good. Yeah. Um, I feel like, as I don't know, like there was a sense of relief. Maybe like she knew she could be like yeah. not as like I play with a lot of passion on my face, so like I scream and like I get excited. So I think we all were like that at that point. Like mm-hmm. all of us play like that. So yeah. I think you just get the vibe and like we played pickup before we ever had a practice. So I think she, like she knew, but she was determined. Like she was. Way more serious than pickup games and like you know, like you're <laughs> yeah, just walking yeah. around backwards she like I'm playing full us. court D, like yeah, let's go, like it's awesome. <laughs> it was fun, yeah. yeah. Okay, uh, uh Paula, same same question for you. When did when did Quinnipiac become a reality for you? So, um, as for them, usually it's the European championships. So basically uh, schools usually start recruiting people from Europe later than they do here. Um, so I had a couple offers in my junior year, but in my senior year I had the most. And that was a summer after under-18s, where actually coaches from Quinnipiac went to see Dell, and I played against her. So they saw me there. Probably they recruited a couple people from there. It's kind of convenient for American oh coaches just to go God. to European championships because you have 
like Everyone's 16 in, teams yeah. and best people from every country. Because they right. come to you. Yeah. It's everybody yeah. comes to you. Okay. So, um, obviously, I got an offer, but I didn't really know about the official visits, nothing like that, until a couple other schools that we want you to come and see. Your school. I'm like, oh, I don't really want to spend your money if I cannot say that I'm going there. They're like, oh, no, no, that's like a common thing to do. I'm like, well, okay. So I went to, I went to official visits in my senior year in February, which is really late. Um, I visited here in South Florida. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't know it was that late. Right? And then after wow. the visit, I still waited until like May and May and then Coach Man. Okay, that's like one of the last days. <laughs> Coach Man emails me, um, so are you coming or are you not? I'm like, I don't know. I guess I am. Like, I guess I am. Because all the people at home, like now that we had like a, a lot of people coming from home to the United States, like maybe early 90s. Then it was like kind of a gap. So I didn't really have anybody of my friend group who would go to Division One. a lot of people. So I didn't know that you kind of, how the whole system works. So a couple of people who went, they decided like after they graduated, like in May or June. So then when I came here, I only realized that's really late. So I thought, okay, I'm just going to finish my final exams and in May I'm going to decide where I'm going to go. Um, so, yeah, that's how I ended up being here. <laughs> she had that same feeling you knew when you uh, had the official visit? Yeah. And I think it was like I visited here first before I went to Florida. And because it was winter here, obviously, and the air was like, oh, in autumn, it's so pretty here and all this. Oh, like, classic. this is pretty yeah. now. This is pretty now. <laughs> and then I went to Florida and they had like a bigger campus, obviously, the summer and all that. But I was like, not, I don't think anything what they could offer me right now would top this wow and was literally the feeling obviously we had the dinner at coach's house and it was really nice and yeah it just even that i didn't decide at that point that i'm like i didn't tell anybody that i i'm coming here i like knew but i just didn't want to make it official so i you know to kind of keep my op- options uh, open for like the spring yeah, fin- yeah finish the finish the tours and make sure you saw everything and, yeah, con- yeah. and considered every detail so I, gu- I guess same question for you with with growing up in riga uh the differences that you've noticed through through three plus years between the game when you were growing up playing in latvia and when you came to the united states right. is um, latvia as competitive as italy <laughs> it's pretty competitive but it's like the basketball culture i think is different first of all like we all have our sports schools where we play like growing up like we could that we don't play with our like high schools or like typical schools but you kind of play with your team like you like a you would call like a club team maybe whatever no, I got you, but it's, yeah. like all uh, many people from different high schools come together and then they play the sport and so you kind of grow up doing that but then when the under 16s national team starts at that point you're the better people who want to kind of play they go into the professional league at least like a half professional where the professionals play like a couple of universities have their teams some clubs have their teams so probably from like 16 or 15 up you play with the pros and older people so it's not like here you kind of people play with their like AAU teams and high school teams and it's kind of the same age like you are thrown in as a 16 year old with like 30 year olds and they like they don't care that you are younger like you know <laughs> yeah. it's kind of it, yeah they really don't and that makes you mature a lot lot uh, earlier because I mean you, you need to be an equal to them essentially yeah. you need to do to grow those 14 years in an instant yeah and uh, to go back to your sizes of campus USF versus Quinnipiac Quinnipiac is 600 acres. 
USF is almost 1,600 acres. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it was a big, a little bit of a big difference. But the thing is, like, they almost had everything on one campus. We have, like, three campuses, which, yeah, I think it it's nice. It's nice. And I w- always wanted to go to school near New York City. That was when there were a couple people who always said, like, what schools do you want to go? Like, we're going to, like, contact them and whatever and send your name to. I was like, I want to really go to New York City. Why, why was that? I don't know. It was always, <laughs> like, a dream city to go to. And I really love it every time I go there. It yeah. doesn't happen as often yeah. as I should. I, I would want to, but yeah. So um, I, I want to ask a question for first of Adele and Paula because your class, your senior class, so far, we're recording this. What's the date today? It is uh, January 14th. So it's about a week and a half before this is going to drop. So a couple games between now and the new episode. But your record as a class. Have you heard these? No. No. It's B A N A N A S. Bananas. 91 and 28 with a 56 and 6 record in conference. Three MAC regular season titles, two MAC tournament titles, two NCAA tournament appearances, and of course one Sweet 16 appearance. That is in three. What's the conference record again? 56 and 6. I remember every single one of yeah, them. They are, was it last year? All last four no. years. No, last year we were undefeated. No. Or the freshman year we lost the first. Three? The year we went to the Sweet 16, we... I remember this trio because one of them was Addie Martucci's birthday. We lost to Fairfield at Fairfield, and it was the worst feeling I yeah. have ever felt. This is Which there. year is this? I'm sorry. Our sophomore year. The okay. year we went to the Sweet 16. Yes, yes, yes. We went, lost three games in a row in the MAC. Wow. And we, after those three games, coach brought us into a ring. This is when this ring started. Yeah. So we all huddled up, and everybody gave... We all, like bared our feelings on the line in that like everybody cried every day of practice and just told you why they played basketball like it was intense and everybody gave you a piece of themselves and we just played for each other from that moment on like it was you play for the person next to you and you knew how much it meant to everybody and then when we got to Albany we started the bell so we spelled out Albany and it was every word you had a word for every letter and then we got to the tournament and it was the ladder and then we got the boxing gloves so like that's where it all came from because we lost three games in a row. Yeah, like, we needed some was, symbolism and some motivation. Yeah, it, it was, was it was tough, but I think mm-hmm. if we didn't go through that moment, we would never be able to yeah. uh, play those games in such a high level and okay. under such a high stress in okay. the NCAA tournament. Yeah, you start that you you started a like the ring. Yeah, this is this is when when do you do this? This is every time you're on the court, kind of thing. So now we do it before every practice. Like you we do? huddle up, okay. but like. That ring yeah, just the started. Lock, yeah, the lock arms. The lock yeah, arms. Yeah, yeah. But that ring just was like, coach like started from the top and everybody had a speech. But okay. Like, we don't yeah. do that anymore. Now she just talks every day. But okay. I think for us, it just taught us how much we like appreciated being there and having the opportunity because a lot of our teammates that year couldn't suit up. Okay. Like, they were just in sweats and we learned how to like appreciate every moment no matter how good or how bad it was going for you right that like somebody else couldn't play basketball anymore and you needed to appreciate it so and obviously you don't have to get into specifics mm-hmm. because that's none of our business but but what kind of things were being shared amongst the amongst the players in that um i can't really remember like yeah, specifically but i, I know aaron's made a yeah. song like a little yeah. rap song really yeah, yeah. Nice. Um, I made like a reference to beef test about yeah. it, and everybody kind of just, yeah, yeah. I just um, told them what they it was like like about, about basketball. Yeah. 
Brie, I remember she like spoke because Brie was one of the girls that couldn't play yeah. anymore, so she was done. And like I brought it to a like everybody know I'm the emotional wreck of the team. Like I will cry <laughs> every at time. everything. Every time. So like anyone could cry and I'll cry with you, like for any reason. So I like Good referenced mine to that. Like it was <laughs> <laughs> No, honestly, and yeah. mine was like I brought it back to home and somebody that was sick at home and like how that they can get up every day and fight stuff that we can dive on the floor for each other and loose balls and like we all brought our own twist to it and like Aaron's was her rap like you know it was our own personality being brought out and it was just I think coach did a great thing by doing that like we all appreciated it so much more and knew to grow together in your four years here you've lost six conference games <laughs> yeah, I mean like, yeah. teams do that in a single Cl- clearly season clearly it worked like, yeah it worked so actually this is this is all three in, in QR because I was talking to the two of them you can start tell me about playing for Coach Fabry what is, what is she like on the court off the court as a person as a coach you know t- tell me give me the Coach Fabry experience okay so she screams a lot <laughs> But in a, I think in a positive way, like she doesn't scream like to make you feel guilty or something like that. She screams because she, she knows that you can do better, and so she really likes. It's a motivating yeah, scream. She, yeah, it's a motivating scream. Yeah, but okay. I think it's more in game. Mm. I think that's yeah, true. Now in game, she gives everything. Right, like she gives herself like hundred percent. That's got to be yeah. kind of nice as a, as a player to see. Oh my God, my coach is only confined to this you know this small yeah. space on the sideline, no. but she is giving everything yeah, no, she has. You you look at her and you say she's giving everything, so I have to give everything for her, right? Like, and for my team, like it's not it's a good like it's a good feeling yeah. being for her, yeah. And she really talks to you when you're down, and she knows what's going on. So that's probably one of her like best things that I appreciate from her yeah that she knows what is going on and she wants you to be at your best every every time and she demands energy and and she never like even when like a practice is down there's not much energy she's always the one that screams that run out uh, down the stairs and bring the energy like it's amazing like also, like at six a.m. in the morning, she never, she's never tired. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is a skill as as yeah. somebody who is almost always tired. But either of the two of you guys, same same question. I mean, Coach Coach Rabbi, you've now been here for for three plus years under under her. What what makes her such a special coach? Um, I think she tries to find a way to communicate with each individual like specifically because obviously before the even season starts we are practicing there together and throughout the years I think um, she has always emphasized that it's the all everybody together who makes the goal like makes the dream happen she always um, I think she doesn't give her credit as much as she should like she always says that um, other assistant coaches does a lot of, do a lot of job um, Lori or um her managers like Becky, Coach B, she always makes sure that everybody knows that everybody's working together for this one goal. But um, maybe she's just, I think she has to know that a lot of this is because of her and we want to like play. Because she, like Kiara said, like she gives you everything she has. Yeah. So it's kind of like a shame. Like you don't want to be the person who doesn't give back. Yeah. I, uh, I remember I made a, a post game video. She gave a nice speech after uh, the win with Harvard. And um, I remember I edited it together, yep. and I had to get it approved from Coach because it, it, it was her. It was raw emotion. It was her after a game. And I showed her the video. She watched it. She nodded her head and went, 
that sounds too much all about like me. And I had to I had to edit it. She was like, yeah. it sounds too much about me. I want it to be about everyone. Wow. Can, can you get other coaches in there? And I said, yeah, I, I have footage from other coaches. She wanted it like she said it's too much about me. Like, fix it. That is yeah. for somebody that is that has put up what she has over her, her career yeah. in Quinnipiac, even in Fairfield, too, and as a player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Adele, same question to you about her. Yeah. Um, I think she just – I think she misses playing so much that she really lives the experience with us every yeah. time we step on the floor. Like Baco said, she gives it 100%. And, like, like you said, she put up numbers, like, when she was playing, and she is still doing it now. And she just – like, she tells us all the time, like, she loves being part of a team and – I think she's built such a team environment here that that's why a lot of people want to come. Like, for me, I knew, like, when I was at home, like, I, all of us, like, we were, like, one or one or two of the top best players of our team. You know, like, yeah. when you played, like, you were really good. And, like, you knew coming here that everyone was at the same level as you, and she let you know from the get-go that we're playing a team game right now. Like, everybody's going to pitch gonna in. There's not going to be any star players, yeah, anybody like that. Exactly, and, like, I think I'm in a very special position because I like our class there's three thousand point scorers and like I get to be part of that and know that like they never cared who put the ball in the basket they just did it when you needed them to you know what I mean like oh yeah it was just like it was just so like we emphasize team all the time and I think it they it like shuns away from the fact that like they are talented like we're all talented and coach always emphasizes that like no matter who it is someone's going to step up and she is always she's that common denominator like all the time like no matter what team she's coaching she always emphasizes the same things like the same like I for me like before I came here I watched some games and they played the same things we did and they do the same offenses we did it's just She's the same person on the sideline, giving the same energy she was given since the first time, you know. Like, she does it day in, day out, and every day she comes down the stairs and she runs. Like, she runs down the stairs and she's excited to be at practice. So, I think it's hard not to be excited for that. Like, it's hard not to want to play for her, which is something that you can't say about every coach you've had. Like, you want to play for her more so than you want to play for yourself sometimes. So That's, yeah, it sounds like her passion just... Mm. Her and passion for the game and for you guys comes through every day, which is mm-hmm. and what that's you want to hear. So, that's so powerful, too. I mean, even like a like a workout, if you're just going to lift and, and do something that's typically yeah. pretty grueling, you're thinking, oh, I mean, she would be excited to do this lift if she was playing right now. Yeah. And yeah. she's excited to see us get better doing this lift. So yeah. that's a, I mean, that's a very powerful thing to be able to have as a team. So it, it makes sense why everybody seems to be as close uh, on and off the court as they are. So uh, question for the two seniors. Um, being seniors now, you guys are, are kind of the de facto leaders of the team. Um, you know, how have you kind of kind of grown into into roles as leaders? Kind of maybe from from following some of the older players when you came in now to being the leader for uh, for a player like Kiara. Well, well, Dale's a captain. I am not, but I think. <laughs> but yeah, it makes We're like all that clear. But, We're all team. Yes, um, right. That's right. We still. I I feel like every, every year have a little bit more experience, obviously. So, like, what I'm trying to do is maybe to kind of just work as hard as I can and maybe pull other people with that with me. But um, like sometimes I feel like I. I, other posts who are like Jaden and Paige, I see, oh, they're doing goes okay, okay, they're doing good, like, have to, like, keep them going, or, like, share some things that maybe, like, I see how she would get a um, better shot or something like that. 
So I'm on the court, maybe on the defense, I'm more. Dell's more like an offensive, like a leader. But uh, I think I'm like I'm trying to talk on defense to make sure because I'm I see the most as a post player. But I don't know as a as a senior, I'm just you know you kind of try to remember how you, what you were feeling when you were like freshman or sophomore, right? And what would you want those seniors to tell you or not even tell you, but what they should do. So you just kind of just go and try to be your best, work hard, be competitive. So you're more of a lead by example kind of person. Yeah. I was just okay. About to say that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Del. Um, I'm a lot more vocal. I would think like Paula, like leads by example. I try to lead by example. Like, she does. give everything I can. Like when I'm out there, because there's no point. Like. You can't demand something from somebody else if you don't do it yourself. Like, that's my attitude. And if I ask somebody to run harder so that I can give them a layup, like a pass up the court, then the time I need to sprint, like, I need to run harder. You know what I mean? But I think just for me personally, in terms of leading, I like, I want to be able to say that I impacted the person. Like, I had, like, when I leave here, I want people to, like, that knew me, like, to have know me like for me as like a raw person like I don't know it's it's weird to explain but like I want to have a positive impact on people around me and I want to leave like obviously the girls have left their mark with thousand points and I am never going to get there number one but number two <laughs> <laughs> I just like, be close. I just want to be able to say like the people that knew me like they had fun when they were playing with me and like yeah. You know, like, work hard, and I want to be able to leave something behind. Like, even with Mac, like, she's coming in this year as a one, and and Shaq as well. Like, I wanted them to be able to, like, learn and not be afraid to ask questions. And, like, I'm still learning. Like, yeah, we've been here three years, but there's new offenses. We're playing new people. And, like, defensively, like, just continue to talk. And I want them to know that if you can, like, consecutively give more than the team you're playing against, like that's where the wins will come from and like you said earlier our record the six losses like that hurt our seniors so like we're seniors now and I don't want to lose like we know what it feels like and I think that's the biggest thing that we have as a class is that we're the last class here that lost in a MAC championship final and like that hurt us a lot and it was our freshman year and it's like it was so hard for me especially like Maria Knapp for me was a big leader like she really yeah, she, she impacted my life in a big way and the fact that we couldn't give her her senior win like I just want people to be able to play like I want all of our team to want to win for the person next to them and I think that's a really hard team to beat yeah so and also our coaches were actually a couple of weeks ago yeah. we had like a meeting in a locker room and coach was telling about what we that we have had all like wins and success but what we want our legacy to be mm-hmm. and that we have to like think about that um what we question wanna, what we want to leave behind because we're not going to be able to play here for forever but how every everybody that has come before us has built like from division mm-hmm. two to division one and then to going to nca and winning the ch- uh, games there so what's the next step how we can when, while we are here, how we can prepare other people who are like younger Still. than us to take this program even further than we did? Mm-hmm. Do you want to? Do you want to guess how many points you have in your career? No. <laughs> 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 Is this updated? Oh yeah, it's, oh, it's all updated. Oh yeah, wait. there's how no much way. Have? I'm definitely like 300. You have 419 career points. 600, huh? 
I might take a couple of shots on. It. <laughs> 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 well, uh, uh, on that, Paula. Actually, I mean, over the weekend. Speaking of legacy, you you, you cemented your legacy as one of the, of course, the the best players offensively in in Bobcat history by putting up your 1,000th point. So, I mean, first of all, you know, what was it like for you to be able to hit that milestone, and and you know, the the meaning being able to come up with this program through the last three years and, and hit that milestone. Um, it's just really cool, I think. Um, I mean, I've been struggling with the offense this season a bit. Um, and I kind of try to think, what if I cannot score, like, what else can I do? But I think bef- because all the seasons before, like, before this year, were kind of better than they are now, um, that helped me to reach that goal. So I think that just shows that you kind of have to constantly be working at, like, and try to productivity or whatever your role is on the court like throughout your career not just in one season and and because all the work I did before that kind of gave me that although I have to work so much on my offense now and I try to get extra work in while we have the winter break and stuff but it was definitely cool and joining Aaron and Jen and being like one of three of them who got the 1k it's it's really cool what what makes your your class so so special, so impressive. What makes them? What makes you guys click? Um, I don't know. I, I don't think know. this is this is it's a loaded question where you can kind of pump yeah. yourself up, but you know that's. I think our class came in in the kind of like a right time. Yeah. Because they had a big class, almost like we were. Yeah. Like they graduated right before us, so we came in as four. Like Jen obviously is a kind of class above us, so. But she didn't play with us in her freshman year, or freshman year because of an injury. But so we came in, like okay, we didn't really know what the what the situation was because other people obviously didn't. We just came in as a new new people. But we okay, if we're gonna work really really hard, like we might have a chance to be on a court for a little bit. It's five seniors. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like we worked super hard. Like we got those spots on the court. Like we played. It was it was really late. And I think that first season kind of like shaped how we would move forward when but that was also like it was all our hard work but also um the timing when we came in mm-hmm. i think so too um like i remember our sophomore year um coach i think she had it in the back of her head like she knew one day that like like now we would be five seniors to a team and she put us all on the court together <laughs> for a couple of games and it was crazy like we were young it was a mess and everybody was shouting at everybody and paul and i like we were quiet like i was a lot more quiet than i am now and we were just on the court we would huddle up and we it was it was a mess like it really wasn't she had to go away from us five because we just couldn't connect click on the court together and it was you know it was hard but then like we grew we matured and now we're like five of us are starting and it's awesome like just to see like how much we've developed as a class it's fun like when you sit back but I haven't really taken the time to sit back much because I don't you know we're still here and we still have to get better and like I still want us to go further than we have gone and leave it in in a better place than we got it and you know it's just I don't know being like five seniors is a lot of people and we just need to realize that what we leave behind is bigger than like what you know like five of us are going to leave in may and we need to leave everybody like wanting more like yeah. they need to be better than what we like 
when we started off in November as five seniors, we need to leave the program in a better spot than when we like when we leave. Absolutely, yeah. yeah you got sure. you got to prepare prepare the younger players mm-hmm. for okay. This is your this was our program for four years. This is how we grew, yeah. and now this is this, it's your turn now. Here's the reins. Yeah. They've been, like the younger players. They've been stepping out yes. so much, like. Taylor and Paige and Jaden, they've been having, like, they've been literally leading us us. in offense from coming from the bench, which is literally amazing. And yeah, and Paige works so hard. I'm so proud. And I mean, I'm fully, like, relaxed that we. The people who are gonna stay here next year are gonna take care of things. All right, wow, good so to hear. Can keep yeah. the keep the train rolling. Should we uh, should we ask the questions or do you have? I have one more. Yeah, please. So you guys mentioned legacy and stuff like this. Mm-hmm. Do you think Quinnipiac basketball could hang in a Big East? Yes. Yeah. 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 I do. I just I honestly, over the past since we've been here and like we can hold it up with big teams like we're not you almost beat who was it texas texas like and point. we had that. and honestly and i'm not being whatever and i know we've suffered injuries and but at that moment if that game went the other way around i think our non-conference would have went a lot differently like i think we would have like that win would have because we were there was no doubt in our minds that we weren't gonna beat that team and i think yeah. that's something different from when we first got here I think, like, we played Temple and we were kind of, you know, you were kind of nervous. Like, they were bigger than us and bigger team, but we always still had, we beat them our freshman year. And I think from that win, we never, ever were nervous of bigger teams. And I think that's just the kind of, I don't know, like, the legacy the other teams left behind again, but also the grit that coached, like, instilled in us that, like, even if they're bigger, faster, strong, like, at the end of the day, it's like if you have the ball more than them and if you stop them, like the team has to put the ball in the basket to beat you. Yeah. Like if we can stop them from doing that, then yeah. we're going we're gonna to beat them. So I think we could definitely hang in the Big East. I think we can oh, yeah. put it up with bigger teams. I and mean, you've beaten Miami twice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what was the second team of the Sweet 16 run? Mar- no, Marquette and Marquette. then Miami. Okay, so you yeah. beat Marquette, beat Miami. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, what's the so the strength of schedule this year? We were just reading the stats because we were recording. The 24th hardest schedule in the country. Which can more than qualify you for, for a tournament for, run. Yeah. yeah. Um, the, what were some of the other numbers? that? We, oh, the biggest one, I think this is this is the biggest one that Coach Fabry liked too, was the, the turnover margin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. You guys, are, uh, you guys are top 15, yeah. 13th in turnover margin. Because it was, it was 20.33 turnovers forced per game, which first of all on defense is amazing Unbelievable. and then i believe it was 14 turnovers committed per game which leads to a 6.33 margin so i mean you know defensively i kiara you we've talked about this in the past that you you consider yourself a, a, a more of a defense first yeah player so I, I i kind of struggle in offense a little bit <laughs> because i when i was home i was not like an offensive player i, I was not the best scorer i was like a I could lo- do a little bit of everything. Yeah. And so yeah, when I play, I want like to, to like give my team what I can do the be- best. So yeah. defensive side, but yeah, I think I'm growing up in my game too. So. Yeah, I mean, and, and, guys, and uh, that'll come. Yeah, of course. You guys also held UConn when you played them to their lowest point scored, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. So we I, I slowed guess. that game down to the max. We don't. <laughs> Because oh, it's I was like there. uncomfortable for us a little bit too because we don't <laughs> play like that. Like, yeah, we yeah. don't play. But yeah. So what? Yeah. So what was the game plan going in? Going in and playing a team like that? Because I was there and it felt like you guys shot clock was down to three two oh, yeah. every single that possession was, before they shot. Yeah. It. That kind of was it. 
the game yeah, plan. It was like give them as least possessions as possible and we could win the game. Like the shot clock was going to ten and we don't really do that. Like we run the floor, you right. get the ball up right. and I remember at one point coach was like, All right, let's just go play a QU basketball right now. Wow. And like, we were like, All right and everybody <laughs> got hyped, like it was fun. But I mean, you kind of they're a good they're a great team. Like you gotta you gotta switch up your game a little bit when you're playing them, so Yeah. yeah. And it's also hard, like we didn't really have much time to prepare yeah. for them. I think we had like two more a day, a day. like if we could have made it even maybe closer. Obviously they yeah. had the same amount of time to prepare for us as well, but um I think I think the mindset playing these big teams have changed not in like oh how are we gonna beat or how are we gonna play or how yeah. are we gonna survive like this uh, big school. You've already lost if that's your thought. Yeah, yeah exactly. Like, yeah. You've already, if yeah. you're thinking instead, oh how are we gonna beat them when you see them on your schedule, you've already yeah. lost. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Lost. Instead, yeah. we have like okay, we just need a way, a plan. How how no matter how hard it's gonna be, if we can ex- execute this, we're gonna win. Yeah. So we tried our best to like slow the I game know. down. And try to do offense in ten seconds or yeah. five. Yeah, like, yeah. Um, like the balls were not going in like they went uh, in the previous game. So um, there was the difference. But yeah, even the Texas, we like they are they're ranked. They were n- yeah. ranked ninth, ranked. I think, at yeah, that they point. Were top yeah, they top ten. Um, they have these amazing posts, amazing guards. But we like okay, we prepare for them for the whole week. Went in there and unfortunately fell short for one point. But yeah, I remember like I think it was like. One of the reporters asking us, like, how do you, I don't know. She was, it was basically saying, like, they are way better than we were and whatever. And I, like, if you go into the game, like you said, thinking you're going to, like, if you look somebody in their eye and they look nervous, you have already won. So why, I was like, you know what? We're here. We're both at the same point in our season right now. Like, you know, we can, we're the best, like, we, at that point, we were the best in our conference. They were the best in theirs. Like, yeah, they had a lot more of a name to them than we did, but we're at the same game it's right a, now. Anybody could win. It's so. an early on non-conference yeah. game. You could catch them sleeping. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> and we did at the start. You did. I remember we were playing, and Gino went crazy on the sideline at one point, and I, <laughs> I, I was like, it. "This is fun!" Like, <laughs> all right, like it was all oh, it was funny, but you know, it's just like. If you're able to frustrate oh. a guy like Gino and his exactly. game plan, I mean, because you know it's it's the mark of a good team where you kind of yeah. need to change your game plan a little bit. But if you mm-hmm. see over there one of you know one of the the most winningest coaches in college basketball is scratching his head, you know you're doing you something know, right. Exactly. And I remember like we, <laughs> so we get into the jump, and like I'm the shortest one on the team, and Car- me and Carly and Paul is obviously the tallest one on our team. And she stands in the jump, and I'm standing next to Katie Lou Samuelson, who is a whole head over I am and Carly's Katie, next to the shortest Katie six, oh Katie she six, was four I was through her yeah. shoulder yeah, and I she was girl. guarding me I was I'm like okay keep the faith like you know I was like okay this is like even though at that point we were still like we just got to play the way we want to play, and it's, it, it's didn't, what it, is. it didn't help that you're in their barn. Yeah, like, that's you are true. Literally yeah, I like, but I mean, nobody it's has nobody has more yeah. more deserved swag going into a going into a game than you guys do. I yeah. mean, re, I can read the numbers again if we need to, but I mean, you know, you 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 know that you can win and win on big stages, but that's just. You know, we we went down to see we went down to see during spring break last year the first game at Gamble. 
the first um, game of the tournament, which I think was also against Miami. Yeah, it, it was, was against Miami. Miami. Yeah, that was a great game to watch. But it's a great it's a great place to watch basketball. But either way, okay, we've kept you guys here for long enough. So uh, we like to do three quick questions at the end of each interview. These are the real thinkers, the one that we kind of get to know you more as a person. Okay. Uh, so the first one, and Del, because we've been starting with you, we're going to start with you. Yes. Uh, if you could live anywhere in the world that is not Hamden, Connecticut, where you live in, where would it be, and why? Can it be home? Sure. I don't know. Yeah, it can be. I mean, if you're if you're, if you're a home, it can be anywhere else. Yeah, but I mean, if you're a homebody and you just want to go back to Cork, like, I'm and a that's, huge yes. huge hot guy. Hate I'm, the cold, so I always yeah. get. <laughs> I'm anywhere other than Hamden, it would be home, just okay. because like. I have three older brothers. One of my, my brother has four boys. You're like, an aunt now, aren't you? I'm an aunt. Yeah. Four times. Oh, yeah. Wow. I am an Busy aunt. Guy. And then, like, my family. I just, I, like, you know, I just love being around a lot of people and we're always together. I just, like, I miss home when I'm here, but I have a home here, too. So, like, yeah. it would be it, for, always from now on, like, home is Hamden or home is, like, Cork. That's so, a That's so. a powerful thing to have happen over three yeah. years. Wow. Yeah. All right, Kiara, same question. Wow, it's a difficult one. This is a tough one. Um, you're you're also welcome to say home, but I mean, if there's somewhere else I that you've been. I would say Italy, but not home. Probably I would change the city. Okay. I would like to like live on the sea, like, on the on the like, on the beach, yeah. Ooh. Something like that. Yep. Yeah, same with me. Yeah, like <laughs> where, where are we thinking? Bahamas, St. Martin? Where are we going? <laughs> no, you're going to Italy. You're going to Italy. Yeah, no, somewhere yeah. like... that's She's going right. to the beach on Italy. Okay. Yeah, yeah, something Italy. like that. Like, I don't know. I I remember, like, this summer I went to Spain, and there was, like, a house on the beach, and I was like, this is my life. Like, <laughs> this is my life. Like, with my family, with me. Yeah. yeah. Maybe on, on a house next to me. With all my friends, that would be great. Yeah, and um, the family in a house next to you, so you can be close but not too yeah, close. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. All right, Paula. Same question. Wait, are you gonna say it? Are you gonna say New York City? No. Okay. Right, okay. Um, I always, I'm like in a constant like dilemma inside me because I love to travel. That's one of the reasons I came to America in the first place, and I want to see the world. But I don't think I could say that anything's besides. Latvia is my home because it's not only like the people there but it's like the culture the food the language and if I could live in my summer house which is by the beach actually just not south Italy right (laughs) whatever it's kind of north northern uh, Europe but um, yeah like that's my favorite place on earth and if Del comes to visit this summer which I I hope she will then she's gonna see and yeah that's I home is like I yeah. want to see the world, and I don't think I'm gonna like stay. I'm gonna as much yeah. as I want. I want to yeah. travel and experience different cultures. But my home is always gonna be Latvia. You guys yeah. are too funny. Home, my home will always be, like, Cork. But yes. like, I think we have two families now. Yeah. As okay. opposed to like two homes, like we have two families. Yeah. Like, yeah. No matter where, I think no matter if if everyone from QU decided to go to, like Australia, then I would say it would be Cork in Australia. Mm. But I don't think that's ever going to happen, but like, <laughs> <laughs> right now, like ha- between I mean, Hampton and Cork. If, if they're like, funding it, then I, yeah. I, I'm not going to say no. Okay, yeah. second question. Um, if you could have dinner with one person, either alive or deceased, who would it be and why? We've had people do family members, former U.S. presidents, oh. whole nine. If I could do dinner. Right. Who did you so. say? 
Oh, I had multiple. Yeah, <laughs> but I, I, I think it would many. be it would be Justin, Justin Timberlake. Timberlake for me. Yeah. <laughs> Go ahead. Like, all right. So, oh. We said that. Okay. Dude, I love us. Do I want like? I love LeBron and I love Ed Sheeran, but then I'm like, you know what? We I could multiple. say my gra- yeah. Yeah. Like in terms of famous people, I probably would do LeBron. Okay. Then, in terms of like family members, it would probably be my dad's mother because she passed when I was one, so I never got to know her. And I would because lo- they tell me stories. She was like pretty funny, so I would really like <laughs> love to meet her, like yeah. that kind of sense. Uh, I don't know famous people. I honestly don't know. I don't think I. No, I don't want ever dinner with a famous people. No. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Kiara's famous enough. No, yeah. no, no, no. Yeah. I just. I no. I want like I like to see them in concert or something like that in games, but I don't want. But not dinner. No. Keep the keep the air of mystery around them. You know what I mean? Like I guess the, you're right. Yeah, I mean, yeah no. like they're famous, so let them be famous. <laughs> I'm not at the level to be <laughs> like that. Okay, that's fair. Uh, that's absolutely I'd fair. Probably want to have dinner, yeah, with my mom, my grandma, yeah, uh, because she, yeah, she passed away uh, in 2013, and she was literally like me. Like we were the same person, and so it was so fun, and it was a hard one for me. And yeah, I remember the first time, like when I was born, she w- was the only redhead in my family, like me. And I remember when I was born, my mom told me that she, like when she saw me, she was like, oh my God, no. Like, what a disaster. She's a redhead <laughs> like me. <laughs> she would be like crazy like me. And in fact, my mom, like after like probably two hours that when I was born, she, she asked the nurse to take me away because I was so <laughs> like, <laughs> like she said, I, I cannot, I cannot deal with that. Like, please <laughs> just let me sleep. <laughs> So, yeah, that's why. Okay. Okay. Well, I would like to meet some celebrities. <laughs> um, I mean, I can't do that. Like, okay, I always would like to meet Carter's, Beyonce, and her family. Yeah. But I would like to actually meet David Dobrik, the vlogger um, from YouTube, and be in, a, be in a vlog squad, maybe. That would be really cool. Um, really? Yeah. 22 years old. Get out of here. Let's see how many subscribers he has. He probably I think he has, has like, I don't know, probably a ton, yeah. like millions. But I just. Yeah, he has watching. 10 million subscribers on YouTube. Yeah. Oh, wow. I've been watching his video. It's so hilarious. And they always do these pranks. And then he gives his friends cars. So I could use a car. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, I, I think, can get pranked for a car. That's not too bad. Right? Yeah. I think he's just like the whole vlog squad. It would be really fun kind of thing to meet them. Okay. Um, and last question, uh, my, and I, my and favorite. Yeah, and my I hope favorite. this is a little more. This oh, is a, yeah, because you know, just most people, oh, you know, steak and potatoes. And so you're on death row. What is your final meal? Your dinner, <laughs> your drink, and your dessert. Who, wait, who, Paul, did you say you know this one already? Oh yeah. You want? We can go the other direction because <laughs> yeah, Adele, right yeah, Adele yeah, may yeah, never. Go, Adele I may graduate before she's, she's like, ready. She's like, screw you, I got it. Yeah. Okay. So it's like a dish with. So it would be boiled potatoes with mushroom sauce, cottage cheese on the side, and pork chops. Oh, With some huge. little side salad, right? On for dessert, tiramisu. Ooh, man. Oh, my God. My dad is the biggest tiramisu guy. Is it really? Yeah. Wow. Uh, any any drink? Just uh, at that point, it doesn't even really matter because that's amazing. But Yeah. Um, we have, like, this, like, bread like kind of drink it's kind of, i don't really know what you call it i don't think you have a name in english and i don't think you have it here but it kind of tastes like 
non-alcoholic sweeter beer. Yeah, okay. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm on board with that. I was going to say beer is wheat, so I mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That makes sense. Wow. So. This is uh, tough. Yeah, it's so tough. The meal is really tough. I know. I would say. I have to choose from the whole Italian. You want pasta, you want lasagna, you want pasta, I want pizza. That's the problem. I'm pizza all day long. Uh, it's yeah. not even I close. think I'm going to go with pizza. Yeah, yeah, it's not even close. Yeah. I'm pasta. Yeah, pizza, a really good one. Big mm. one. With a type of cheese, stracciatella. And drink, I know what it is. It's. Uh, uh, it's a Brawl Spritz. <laughs> <laughs> I know this. I know uh, this. It's any type of Italian drink. Uh, I mean, what's the drinking age in Italy? 18. Oh, all right. Yeah, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and yeah, probably that one. And dessert? And dessert? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't really know. Uh, I don't really know, yeah. Uh, probably strudel. That is a type of cake type of thing with... Apple, cinnamon, and mm. raisins. Apple yeah, strudel. That's yeah, a good. Yeah. That's a good pick. Yeah, it's a good pick. It's really good with yeah whipped cream. Ooh. Okay. So, yeah. That's. <sighs> All right. Um, I think I would go with a Christmas dinner, but my dad's. So like Brussels sprouts, this white sauce, some cabbage. Um, what is it? It's called gratin potatoes, but it's like potatoes like sliced with cheese. Yeah. Like a cream. Yeah, yeah. It's really I nice. Know, yeah. Okay. Then stuffing, but it's like sausage meat stuffing. My dad makes it. It's amazing. Oh, oh my yes. lord. Yeah. Oh my then, lord. Then um, some ham. Uh, that's that's my dinner. And then... If there's any I'm, room left. <laughs> yes. I would have um, probably a coffee. I really like coffee as my drink. I would probably have a coffee. Okay. Yeah. Just coffee. That's it. And then <clears throat> I'm not a big dessert person. Oh. But like I love like candy, like so really? I would have okay. a box of crunchy yeah. bars. That's chocolate. Isn't that candy? Is that <laughs> yeah, not, yeah, does yeah, that yeah, not yeah. count? Yeah, you're right. Crunchies, I like. I think you thought about like jellies. So there's these jellies. They're like Swedish fish like texture. Yeah. But they're gel like, you know? Do you ever see the Harry balls? Like those are jellies. Oh. You know what I mean? Like, like that kind of. Kid, that not kind like of chocolate yeah, candies, yeah, but like. Yeah, yeah. those kind like gummies, yeah. gummies. Like, a, like a gummy like a bear, gummy bear, kind of bear thing. but oh. I would have like they're. I would have the whole box of those. Huh. Yeah, their smiley faces. I love those ones. Or the cola bottles and. Yeah, I would eat the whole box. So they do come in sh- in other shapes. Other shapes. Kind of, yeah. yeah, I'll. My parents are coming in February, so I'll get them to bring some for the. That would be much appreciated yes. for, yeah, the, sure. for the for the Quinnipiac yeah, Athletics yeah. podcast, for the podcast crew that that eat that eat with the uh, appetite of athletes yeah. as well. Well, so, yeah, I'm an ice cream guy. I do like a chocolate lava cake oh. with vanilla ice cream yeah. all day long. Vanilla, yeah, oh. see, I like ice cream as well. Because chocolate, chocolate ice cream for me is like I no, can do same. without it. I don't vanilla like chocolate that much. Yeah. yeah. Wait, you're you're a vanilla you're a vanilla guy too. Over chocolate ice yeah. cream. Any day of the week. Yeah, that's it. Wow, I, I feel so much more welcome in the studio now. That's I, I thought oh, that was a crazy no. take. Chocolate you guys are looking. You guys are looking at each other like we're crazy. So no, it's, yeah, yeah, I cannot. I I only eat chocolate ice cream. Oh my Nothing God. without Vanilla chocolate. Over cho- like twice 100%. on Friday. I mean, I'll still like. I would rather get something. You know, any like day a, of the week, twice on Friday, Friday. easily. <laughs> Um, were you just a regular like a steak and pizza, or were you pizza over everything for so your I meal? So I was. So I was on. Uh, I want to do a pepperoni pizza with steak fries, oh. and then um, <laughs> steak fries. Yeah, I, I love you steak fries. You and the steak fries, man. Oh my god, it's so funny. What are they? Yeah. So they're the thick. They're the thicker fry. They're like yeah. the longer, oh, thicker one. Okay. Uh, I thought there was like steak on them. 
No, 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 no. no. Oh, <laughs> don't I thought we have this thing. Oh, you know, like the Parmesan fries or something. I don't but, know. But oh, um, truffle fries. Uh, oh, yeah. Like poutine from Canada with yeah. all the stuff on. Yeah. Oh my but you God. know, like McDonald's fries are skinnier yeah, and stuff skinny. like that. The yeah. steak fries are, are more yeah. more surface area. And then, yeah, like the chocolate lava cake. Yeah, oh, More nice. surface area for your fries. <laughs> for your well, ketchup. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm a big steak fries guy. Bottomless steak fries at Red Robin. Shout out. Okay. I've never had them. I need to go. I, Can we go like this weekend? Yeah, absolutely. All right, cool. <laughs> well, now that we've made plans. Uh, yeah. Ladies, thank you so much for joining us here on episode number 16. Congratulations on, on all the amazing success and congratulations on 1,000 points. And, uh, you know, best of luck heading into the max schedule. Thank you. Thank Thanks, you guys. so much. Thank you for having us. Thanks so much to Adele Thornton, Paula Stratmanet, and Kiara Bikini for joining us here on episode number 16 of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast. And that's going to do it here for Matt and I this week. Thank you so much for making us a part of your week. Make sure you go online to QuinnipiacBobcats.com. Get all of your stats, scores, rosters, tickets, merch, whatever you may need. You can find it right there on QuinnipiacBobcats.com. Make sure you go and follow all of the social media accounts on Twitter and Instagram at QUBobcats. That's how you're going to find them. Uh, uh, make sure you subscribe to us on iTunes and leave us a review. We would really appreciate it. Matt McAuliffe, if we want to find you, the co-host of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast, how can we do that? At M. McAuliffe 7, Dan. Oh, it hasn't changed. Nope. Interesting. No, 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 make no. sure you follow then. <laughs> and I am at Dan Ball, B-A-H-L. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. We will see you next week. We'll catch up. Bye-bye. theme song of the Quinnipiac Athletics Podcast is Wire and Flashing Lights by Professor Click. Mm-hmm.